Hey everybody, this is Robert, one of the hosts of 24 Flames Per Second. And Will, the other guy. The other guy. The guy that doesn't watch the movie every week. That's right. Um, We just wanted to preempt uh, our Valentine's Day episode here by um, letting you know about uh, some thing coming up this week and going on into the future that's kind of attached to our patreon um but will be a lot of fun for us to do it's something new that we're doing um uh live do you want to talk about it will sure okay. yeah, i'll talk about <laughs> it yeah uh you know we're robert and i uh we just like hanging out and talking about movies so much uh we thought it would be fun uh if once a month we're talking maybe the third sunday of every month yeah robert and i'll go see a movie uh talk about it stream it live uh for you to watch kind of like um, an insta review exact kind of deal we're calling it hot takes yeah uh and if you want to submit movies that you would like us to go see and talk about there's an option to do that um but our first one is coming out this sunday um this sunday yeah that's right if you're listening to this the week that um the this episode is coming out yeah um we're going to talk about black panther that's coming out um mm-hmm. real real quick yeah i'm especially looking forward to this one because i've been doing uh that thing some of you may have heard of where you're supposed to watch a mcu movie every week up <laughs> until uh infinity war which i imagine we'll probably do for this show yeah so stay tuned why not um and so yeah everybody uh for more information on uh these hot takes or our drink alongs or other things that uh we're doing extra thanks to the support of um our patreon page you can go the link to that is in the description of this episode um Mm -hmm. but yeah without any further ado uh let's get on with the can't hardly wait valentine's day show On this week's episode, we throw a party for Can't Hardly Wait. Is a Pop-Tart fate? How creepy do you have to be to win a fellowship with Kurt Vonnegut? And... Are are you going to ask the third question? I'm making them wait. For the Valentine's Day episode of 24 Flames Per Second. Welcome to another uh, 24 flames per second. I hope that in your heart the flames of love are being fanned because welcome. This is our Valentine's Day episode, everybody. This is the podcast that roasts the films we love the most. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Robert Spiewak Wahorkas. On this week's episode, um, uh, in the the themes of uh, love yet grasped and... uh, Love attained, unattained, lost, and gained. We're doing uh, 1998's Can't Hardly Wait, uh, the story of Preston Myers and every other person that he goes to high school with <laughs> at a party. And um, let's uh, we'll just jump right into it. Uh, to my left, as always, the hippie guy to my watermelon guy, Will Paulson. How's it going, Robert? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah? How's, yep. you, how, how's, uh, how's your day been? Oh, fine. I just got my ass handed to me at pool like moments before we started recording. (laughs) But it's okay. I'm not very good at cutthroat, um, which I think cutthroat is harder than straight pool. Well, yeah, you have to you have to aim more. Nope. That's not. I mean, yeah, but you have have to aim the same, I guess. Yeah, Yeah. that's that's the big thing is there's there's less balls and, and you really it's like playing a game where you only have like five lives you know and oh yeah <laughs> that's that's you play as long as until you and die that's when so. your throat gets cut um but yeah i'm very excited for this episode yeah yep mm-hmm. um did you watch the movie this week i did not but mm-hmm. i listened to the soundtrack <laughs> oh, oh, oh and let me tell you what people banger yeah. soundtrack yeah. um i know i also okay i didn't know oh, what uh, don't recount it i know ben wanted to talk about oh it. sure yeah i won't recount it <laughs> but um, I also watched the trailer um, All right. for this film. Not one, but two Third Eye Blind songs in the original theatrical trailer. Thank you very much. <laughs> one of the greatest bands of all time. Bang, bang. Um, very good. Um, and yeah, we're, we'll, we'll talk more about the soundtrack in a little bit mm-hmm. because you're, you're correct. It's a, it's a banger. It slaps. Yes. Uh, to, to quote you from the Grinch episode. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think um, we're not going to waste 
anytime. Um, and we'll just uh, start introducing everybody that we've got here with us today. Um, starting off with our roasters. Uh, we have, you've heard him on the show before, local musician and VHS collector. You can find him on social media at Retirement Wa, which is the word retirement, W-A, Rob Paulson. That's me. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. We're we're doing this whole plugging thing now. I think it's great. Yeah. I just came out with an album, which you can find at Robert N. Paulson at dot uh, dot i almost <laughs> just said my email you can email me at now uh, dot bandcamp.com so yeah if, right on if you're interested and i actually yeah. uh did some work uh with rob recording that did a lot of a lot work. of work all the work some Pretty might say i wrote the songs <laughs> will do the rest right on um next on the roasting panel we have a uh, seattle storyteller uh you can find her on twitter at casey rom spelled k-a-c-i-e-r-a-h-m you heard it, Casey Rom. Casey Rom, what's up? How's it going? Good. Um, I am actually doing a storytelling event tonight, if anyone listening yeah. is interested, here in Seattle at Highline Bar on Capitol Hill. Um, the theme is Bad Date Storytelling, and I'm going to talk about my disastrous mm. senior prom. Um, Did you so, get yelled at by a pool? Um, no, I actually huh. got thrown out, though, for drinking Uh, (laughs) but there's a lot more to it than that so uh single or attached might be a fun date night come to highline bar 7 p.m if you're looking for something to do tonight on uh valentine's day and and then on the defense of can't hardly wait um we have film school dropout (laughs) you can find him on instagram at bummer of 69 the number is 69. Ben awesome. Scott. Uh, thanks, thanks for being, and thanks for having me be here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks for, thanks being, for being, having me here. <laughs> thank, thank you for being here. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good. Um, Bummer of 69 at, at no, Instagram.com. At Instagram. <laughs> at Instagram.bandcamp.com. Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I have nothing new to report except for that I went to work today. Okay. And I... Watch this movie this week. Sweet. And besides that, I'm not making anything cool music, and I'm also not doing any kind of cool storytelling. But I take some really funny pictures. Yeah, this is true. Lots of uh, grocery bags. (laughs) A lot of grocery bags. (laughs) (laughs) Check out the Instagram for more content. (laughs) Um, And speaking of more content, uh, we're going to start with movie in a minute. Ben, do you feel ready? No. Okay. Uh, But yeah, just (laughs) um, (laughs) give us the whole whole summary of the film. Spoilers and all. There's just so much. Um, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how you do. Okay, um, I'll give you a three count and then you're off. All right. All right. Okay. In three, two, one, go. All right. Summer 1998. Graduation. There's a party. Who's invited? Everybody is invited. Main characters here. Preston, Amanda, Kenny, Mike, Denise, and William. All right. We'll go through this. Preston. Preston's at the party. He wrote a letter to Amanda declaiming, or proclaiming his love. Uh, Preston is there with Denise. Denise is basically just wants to go home. Uh, Preston and then Amanda. Amanda. Amanda's at the party. Amanda used to date Mike, who's the jock. Uh, Amanda is basically realizing she has no more friends because of her, her breakup with Mike and that that's what her high school world revolved around, um, which is... Uh, terrible, and all of her friends are like uh, have left her. Kenny, Kenny is the cultural appropriator who um, <laughs> who is basically at the party trying to have sex with somebody. Mike, Mike is the old jock that broke up with Amanda. Uh, he broke up with Amanda to try to go to college and basically bang other girls. Uh, and then Denise, we talked about her already. And then William, William is the nerd who is at the party to try to and black you're out Mike. Of, time. of course, I am. Yeah, that's fine. Pretty, pretty close. <laughs> that was a dumpster fire, just like this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Um, okay, Hold so me back. let's see. Hold me yeah, back. so the, <laughs> um, okay, so the rest of the movie. I thought I was going to go a lot farther than that. At least like one other point. At least the other half of the characters. In <laughs> yeah, the movie, I was right? hoping so. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. You the 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 main folks you got introduced at least. So uh, Will gets drunk. Everyone loves him. Uh, William. William. I, I call him Will in the notes. Will, William. Yeah, he gets also drunk. true, though. Yeah. <laughs> Will gets drunk. Everyone Everybody loves, loves him. him. Um, so, yeah, that, that happens. And his... First time uh, getting drunk. Plant, yes. Yeah, he uh, spits out the beer and everyone's like... He thinks it's bad. Yeah. Sings uh, Guns N' Roses. Has gone bad, yeah. 
Uh, fun fact um, about that coming up later. <laughs> great. Um, let's see. Who uh, my my notes are just as unorganized as the movie is. Um, <laughs> You're not roasting too. Kenny are and you Denise <laughs> get trapped in a bathroom and uh, learn up, right? a lot about each other oh, and no, hook up. Don't. Yeah, that's we realize that they have had a previous friendship at some point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then they rekindle their friendship and then rekindle their love. Yeah. Preston's got this letter to Amanda mm-hmm. flying around the party. She mm-hmm. finds it. She yells him in front of a pool because she doesn't even know who he is and then realizes it's him right. and has to chase him down and finds him the next morning at the train station. This is like the main plot of the movie. Yeah, the, yeah, basically. The main the main like character is Preston and Amanda yeah. and their relationship. Preston goes to the party to try to give Amanda this love letter yeah. you know, proclaiming his love for x number of years amanda doesn't know who he is classic 90s doesn't even rom-com. know the name to a face and uh and then preston starts getting worried and realizes that like he doesn't actually want to go up to amanda he throws the letter away thinking that what he's doing yeah. is dumb amanda finds the letter and now is searching the party for whoever wrote the letter yep gets to a point though where he, mm. she does yell at preston yeah she yeah. embarrasses him in front of the pool and everyone laughs Front of the pool um and so yeah he goes he uh is leaving the next day. She finds the train station and he stays a few more hours and they make out and Seven then, hours. and then they, yes. <laughs> and they, um, stay together forever. As far as we know, um, Mike, uh, gets, uh, chloroformed when the cops break up the party and William also does, which was, this was his plan to embarrass Mike with Polaroids of, him in a, some kind of gay situation, um, and uh. ends up being photos of Mike. <laughs> it ends up being photos of Mike and William. Um, uh, what else? The, the cops bust the party, and the, it's over. William um, gets off free. Yeah, because Mike. Yeah. Mike bailed him out. Yeah, basically. Well, bails right. him out to save his own ass, right? From social humili- humiliation, right? Yeah. And Mike has like a little, there's a little part where you think that like Mike may have, you know, gone good because of when they get, they got drunk with William right. and they become like friends, the nerd and the jock, you know, and then at the end of the movie, you know, William goes up to Mike to try to be friends. Mike just goes back to the same way that he used to be, mm-hmm. which kicks off then what would be William's career basically as Bill Gates and like, right. And how he leaves when he becomes this millionaire yeah in fact i i have it here uh the uh the title cards at the end of the film Mm. uh as we said seven hours later preston got on a train to boston amanda wrote him a letter every day that he was away and they are still together second point the day after the party denise and kenny meet up in a diner five minutes later denise dumped kenny 10 minutes later, they found a bathroom and fucked. Uh, Mike went to college, but after drinking too much, lost his football scholarship. He ended up 40 pounds overweight and working at the car wash. Uh, A job he lost when incriminating Polaroids surfaced. I think, are those the aforementioned? Yeah. Yeah. Indeed they are. (laughs) William became one of the most popular students at Harvard, formed his own company, and has made him, oh, that has made him worth uh, millions, and he is dating a supermodel. William's two nerdy friends were abducted by aliens after discussing that they did not miss anything by not attending the party and yeah. scene and, yeah end of film i hate um, this so much we'll get into that <laughs> rob so, uh, is just yeah he's having a trouble steaming <laughs> um so uh so yeah that's the eight plot lines and now ben uh you do opening statements for us why do why do you like can't hardly wait yeah so i i in general i love 90s rom-coms uh, I'm not going to sit here and be like I'm a 90s kid Because I was born in 93 Which means I was 7 at 2000 So I really don't know what the 90s meant But growing up with a sister who was a lot older than me uh, I definitely like got into those like 90s themes uh, Especially with movies that we watched together um, And a, a big thing for me with this film is A, like not only how the film itself was made um, But like more or less, I love the the backstory. I love the I love the uh, the leading up to what the film is and how they casted these characters and what these characters have gone on from this film. Um, it like the story, obviously, I love and I I love the the feel of like the '90s tropes mm-hmm. and I love. I also love being able to watch a story and kind of know what's going on and like like know what's going to happen at the end because it 
allows me to like give the movie a break for a second and then absorb like what I want to make from that movie. Like a nineties rom-com is really easy just to sit and watch and you know how it's going to end. But being able to watch something that's already, you know, like if you're predisposed to that, then it lets you take in a lot more stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie being the fact that it's just all one giant party and being the fact, which in itself is to me really amazing. Like one of the first movies, not the first movie, but one of the first like major movies to basically only take place on one set. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, The budget for this movie was $10 million. That's one of the Mm -hmm. lowest budgets for any rom-com out there. Um, as well, uh, the fact that this movie, it, uh, someone yelled at me earlier, and I think Rob might yell at me too about this, but I call this movie like the scream of, of rom-coms. Oh, God. Oh. Um, in, 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 the, in the sense of like how Scream took tropes, and not only did they like completely follow the tropes, but they turned them a little bit on each mm-hmm. way. This movie does the same thing where they like take they take tropes from 80s movies and they take tropes from like Clueless and from other like 90s movies as Rob and Casey shake their heads. They are um, just like shuddering. But they, they take they take these. Uh, I mean, I was reading this book about how the way you make a hit is uh, not by um, taking the rules and bending them all the way because that's like a satire, but by bending by taking the rules and bending them in small, minute ways mm-hmm. to, uh, to attach you to something. The same way that like Scream did that with horror movies, I feel like this movie does that with romantic comedies. Okay, and so that like I'm I'm really attached to just how this movie plays out different than other '90s rom coms, and how this movie had taken '90s rom com movies and had turned the tropes just a little bit, you know, like one dial each trope mm-hmm. to make something kind of new and something like strange and like you know something that's a little interesting. Can you hit me with a couple examples? Um, mm-hmm. oh, I bet I could. <laughs> As he turns the page. As I try to like go through all my notes here, man. Um, well, there was one. Oh, so the, the big one for me um, that I think was the most interesting is that at the, so not at the end of the movie, because at the end of the movie, everything turns out how it's supposed to, right? Like that's the general movie, you know? Okay. But up until the point, like when they leave the party, everyone leaves the party essentially like in a negative way. Mm. Like no one leaves, like even Kenny and Denise don't leave the party positive. And so I think what's interesting about this movie is that the entire movie culminates to nothing. Well, every character is like disappointed with the results of what happened on the night of the party. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they wrap up each character in a standard like nineties way, but they do it with like these small little twists of like how, like how the character ends is nothing to do with the character itself. Like how the character's ending is does not match what the movie is. Ending like their future, the title card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's the same thing that like, that's what American Pie used to create the satire of 90s movies is this like strange aversion from what we would think as as being a normal ending. Okay. Was American Pie, that's that just, that was a satire, was it? American Pie is a complete satire. Are you thinking of not another team movie? I mean, well, that's a, that's a super, okay. That's a complete satire. My bad. Well, no, I mean, well, no, Amer- American pie, the title card or the title for American pie is the, the same. It's, it's the same as red stamp. Yeah. Right. I think American pie is like maybe a little more self-aware than. Oh, okay. it's, yeah. Yeah. Is. I wouldn't really okay. say like satire, but it's, there's, it's has a parody to it. Okay. Um, and that parody of nineties movies came from this twisting of nineties yeah, movies. Yeah. Yeah. This was the middle ground between what, uh, romantic comedy yeah. and a parody of romantic comedy was. I follow. Okay. Um, all that being said, roasters, where where do you want to start? Comparing <sighs> this movie to Scream, like <laughs> literally. Yeah, let me have it. <laughs> hurts me. Scream is one of my favorite movies of all time. I am a huge horror fan, and the comparison of like how smart. Scream is to this movie. I'm just no. I 100% disagree with that. I think this movie is stupid, stupid. Yeah. So I think like this movie sets up everything right. It has all the makings of a perfect teen movie. And I, I love teen movies. I love rom coms. Like that's why I think that all the things are there. All the like ingredients are there. 
But I think the casting and the like end product of this movie really just drop the ball. Like that don't really make the mark. I don't like, I just don't think the casting is good in this movie either. Um, I don't think Ethan Embry was a good choice for Preston Myers. I don't think that Preston Myers is a good character. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck is his name Preston Myers, by the way? That sounds like a lacrosse <laughs> Well, bro. and why are we following him who has like the least interesting storyline? The only interesting thing that happens to him is when he leaves the party and meets the stripper angel. And I'm like, can we just follow her home and find out what she's doing? Like, I just don't care about this right. dude anymore who gets to go study with Kurt Vonnegut. Fuck you. Yeah, by the way, that old... God damn it. All the things that make me angry about this movie. But, like, I think it's okay that the movie, like... You know, it follows him, but it's not acutely about him. You know, it's a nice, like, overarching thing. That's fine, because that works in, you know, teen movies are always about some sort of, like, weird infatuation that you're supposed to be. Yeah, Yeah. that you're, as a viewer, are supposed to be comfortable with even though in real life that's really creepy and not cool sure, at all. Yeah. Uh, but you know <laughs> which he movies, gets whatever. called out for twice <clears throat> right. and completely ignores like his best friend tells him this is fucking creepy a pop tart is not fate and also I mean maybe Amanda, not maybe not to you. <laughs> also Amanda tells him off before she realizes that he's the one who wrote the letter for the same idea like she's been single for 5 minutes leave her alone this poor girl. <laughs> and I mean I might have cared even more about it if we got any sense of her personality or anything about her other than strawberry pop tart like there's literally nothing else we get from her to explain why anyone would be infatuated with her except her boobs right and like and 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 even then so like obviously that a lot of teen movies do that and that's fucked up and everything and like <laughs> but beyond that like the character of Ethan Embry is not is neither likable nor someone I want to root for. I don't like his face and his watery eyes. How, yeah, water, <laughs> watery like, eyes and like every time his pursed lips. He looks and, like confused. I mean, well, yeah, like for like to give you credit on that, like the only well, the only reason he got this gig is because he was in Empire Records, and which, which also is a ter- sucks. Terrible, yeah, fuck that absolutely movie. terrible movie. <laughs> but he had a name for himself in 1998. As a yeah. teen, as a movie teen boy. movie person, yeah. so much of a name that he was originally cast as the nerdy kid William, and eventually, like, threw a big enough hissy fit that he got cast as Preston because he wanted to be the leading man who gets right. the girl. Other right. people come to mind that I think would have been better for this role too. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a little bit too young for it might have been like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt, or yeah. even like Jason Segel is in this movie and Breckin Meyer in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I I want more of a Joshua Jackson and less of a like of this you know I like I, I don't know I I don't know it just yeah I don't think the casting was good <laughs> he particularly well, one thing about role. the casting one thing about the casting in itself uh, I mean Ethan Embry is Ethan Embry I hate Empire Records and I hate him in that movie <laughs> uh, I also think his face is gross but besides <laughs> the fact uh, so Ethan was 20 years old uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt was 19 years old uh, Denise Fleming, so, or uh, uh, Lauren Ambrose, was 20 years old, and then William Charlie Cosmo was also 20 years old. Hmm. So this is one of the only yeah. 90s movies, like rom-com movies, that have casted people that are generally. So the that's age. even more of an argument for someone like a Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who is probably a little. Well, bit he too was young, younger. Like, well, okay, but, but they're trying to go. The thing I just don't like. They're trying to go for this like kind of um, like awkward but likable, you know. Um, uh, Michael Sarah is that? Uh, oh, sure. Uh, exactly. Type Likeable. type yeah. type of character. <laughs> um, and uh, the name was escaping. But me. I think that's, that's part of the thing, though, is that that's the the movie is trying to take these different tropes that exist that it completely exists. Like like Preston Meyer's character is a trope, and it exists in every. Why movie. wasn't his name something like? You know, Sam or Chris or something like. Why is it gonna be Preston Myers? Is like he's really, a rich kid from. Well, it's one of the things no, that I bugged think, me. I, I think the ultimate problem is that yeah, you don't root for him. Like I don't want him to end up with her. We don't even get to read the letter, probably because the writers weren't good enough to write something compelling. But oh, and when he breaks that fourth wall, at yeah. the, that was when I was like, I'm. I'm drinking. That was when I took a shot. I was like, I can't deal with this right no, now. It should be said that Ben and I actually watched this movie together in preparation for this. And we argued the whole way through. Yeah. I gave in on some points, but... Uh, yeah, a lot of this movie makes me tune out, you know. Um, yeah. 
I, I think a big <laughs> thing about the characters in this movie is that saying before about how uh, you take a movie and you twist different parts of it is that this movie took what were traditional tropes in every other like general movie at that point too, because at that point, uh, situational and romantic comedies were coming out left and right. And uh, they took these tropes and they created like something a little different about that character. And like everything, everything flows okay, like I a just, normal, everything flows like a normal nineties movie, Robert, but, but whoa, they whoa. take, they take these tropes and they like, like Preston's not supposed to be likable. Like that's his character's not supposed to be likable. I disagree. I don't I, think this movie's no. as self aware as you think it is no. in, in those ways. How come See, Preston's always like staring off at something that's like a hundred yards away? Because yeah. they wanted like, him to be what's, like what's different the, about Amanda Beckett? I yeah. see nothing different about her. She's hair. There's literally a slow motion scene when she first mm-hmm. finally enters yeah, 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 and yeah, you yeah. see her face Classic. for the first time. And it's like all the music slows down and six underground is playing and like the wind <laughs> is blowing yeah, and yeah, yeah. it's like, Oh cool. It's, She's perfectly lit. Yeah. Like, and, and then what we learn about her is that she dated someone she didn't even like for four years so she could be popular. And I'm like, I don't root for either of them. Yeah. And so then they want us to so like, I was saying to Will, like what they they want uh, Ethan Embry's character or Preston Myers to be like this uh, this underdog that um, is not not mysterious, but like this kind of like watery eyed, good intentioned. Like I see, I see that there is a person inside, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that doesn't work, and therefore we don't we don't like him. Yeah, meaning yeah, me and Casey, <laughs> guys, and, and, and then and then on top of that. Like, oh, we don't like him. And then there's this, like, you know, what is it? The the lamp test or whatever. Oh, like, lamp. Female, lamp. female who, like, only serves to, like, progress his character yes. that we uh-huh. already don't like. Yeah. So it's like a devil. But he's a really nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's just a really nice guy. This movie not only doesn't pass the sexy lamp test, it also doesn't pass the Bechtel test because there are only two named female characters at all. Whoa. And they yes. never speak to each other yeah. or interact in any way. Just never there, stood a chance. And I, I will say now too, there are parts of this movie that uh, I can't defend. And it comes with the territory. And I won't sit here and say that Amanda Beckett's character is anything you know more than what it was. I, in the okay, movie. so now I want to hear you defend the... Oh my God, Seth Green in this movie. No, <laughs> I get physically hey. ill, physically ill watching this, watching his the character The Wikipedia play article uses that W word that we don't like. Oh in yeah, the Wikipedia article. Yeah. yeah, that figures. The movie uses the actual word that we don't yeah. like. Seriously, <laughs> like the N word, but with a W. Yeah, you're still looking at my phone like you don't know what I I'm talking about. I think they credit. I maybe I'm. I think they credit all of them as homeboys. <laughs> yeah. Um. But it. Yeah. His character is super offensive well, in I'm so many me. ways, <laughs> and his. <laughs> They're oh. literally whispering oh. right now. I never knew that word. Are you fucking serious? No, no. I've never done Jesus Christ. <laughs> but his character's redemption is also completely unearned. Like what he he gets his wish to have sex with the only person in this movie that I like or care about. Oh, yeah. Bullshit. No, seriously. Yeah. That 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 is so He true. had the gear. He had the backpack of oils and supplies oh, and yeah. candles. But oh, yeah, God. yeah. You know, the I think they're trying to make something out of uh, Seth Green's character that is wholesome, like the fact that he's pretending to be somebody he's not, or he's appropriating, I guess, black culture. And and then, like, the fact that this movie so flippantly uses the N-word as, like, a punchline that isn't funny, like, just mm-hmm. show that's bad writing. And it, like, it kind of, like... It it just nails in that point that they they missed the mark and like didn't have good intentions with the Seth Green character. Mm. No, and his arc is the joke that like he says it to a black uh, no. So one, one of his, his friends, friends, yeah, one of his yeah. Friends. goes up to like that goes up to a group uh-huh, of black kids uh-huh. and is like, "What up, my?" You know, yeah, 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 yeah. and so. then they chase him down the street, and right. then that's the last we see of any of them. Yeah. <laughs> and haha, that's so funny. Like not at all. Right. Like you know, <laughs> it's like even then, you know. Yeah, it's I mean, that's definitely problematic. And then, you know, the whole aspect of like 
being known as a gay person is the worst revenge that I could exact on yeah. you. Like uh, dude, some of that, some of some of that's just <laughs> '90s comedy. It I is, mean, like, and I and I get that, and I've like had to deal with that in rewatches of like Friends and stuff. Oh my too. god, Friends! Friends but, is really friends. hard. Oh my god! But it's, yeah. it's still <laughs> just frustrating that like this really smart kid who ends up becoming like a Bill Gates type, like mm-hmm. that's literally the best he can come up with for revenge. I'm sorry, you're a genius. Yeah, right, I think you can right. do better. <laughs> that's just not giving him enough credit either i mean none of these characters get enough credit for anything yeah. so let's see why don't we uh why don't we take a little step away from characters and talk about uh how this works as like an ensemble film sure mm-hmm. um because there are like f- four plot lines oh. simultaneously mm-hmm. going on is that right uh, uh, yeah sure let's roughly. call it four maybe maybe five four. Let's say four. There's Preston and Amanda. Yeah. The jock. Yeah. And then there's Mike. And then then Kenny and Kenny and Denise. And then William. William. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that's five. Yeah. Yeah. I think the William Lichter line is really strong in this movie. And it's one of the things that I think works about it. I think that would make a great standalone film where yeah, a kid right. goes to a party, he's a nerd, he gets drunk and just has a great time. No, so it's not this. enough for its own movie, well, but I'll it, say it does this. work in this one. Watching this movie when I was younger, uh, the William character is the character that like, that's what actually made me really love this movie mm-hmm. Yeah, was, mm-hmm. was William. I really didn't give a fuck about Preston. Um, and, uh, I, I, cause at this point I've been watching a lot of movies, like a lot of nineties rom-coms. And so first time watching this movie, I really didn't like care too much about the main arc. I was really interested in like the William and mm-hmm. the two nerd characters and as well mm-hmm. as like the background characters of this movie, like the Jason Siegel character right. and like the hippie character and like how they throw in like these really strange, but like completely true like side characters mm-hmm. to make a complete ensemble cast. Like the main cast, the main six, you know, a lot of them have pr- their problems and a lot of them have their issues, you know, inside and outside the film. Um, but the way that this movie I think works is by bringing in these like super obscure, super minimal character archetypes mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like create what is like a feeling of, like nostalgia or yeah. a feeling of remembrance or, or at least a feeling of or like being comfort. at a party yeah. yeah or just being at a party like the like, whole thing where J- you know uh jason siegel runs in with the watermelon and uh, seven <laughs> bottles of vodka and then he drops it like that's hilarious exactly like, and that's well, and totally something the, that the first the first quote-unquote character of this movie that the directors and wrote, writers wrote was uh-huh. the party oh interesting like the huh. party and actually this movie was originally just going to be called the party but the studio mm-hmm. that produced it had them change it because there was a movie called The Party by Peter Sellers and they wanted oh. to remake it. Oh. Yeah, I don't think The Party would have been a very good name for this movie. I mean, either. I don't think so either. I don't think no. so. I mean, although this, I can't say that this movie lives up to the name of the replacement song <laughs> that it's named yeah. after. But The um. Party itself was, that was written, like The Party was written as the character. And I, I was okay. looking this up too. There's some earlier um, like drafts of this movie um, that I, I, I found online actually, like just some general like synopsis that I yeah, found online yeah. where, uh, the character and like the plot of the movie is different in mm. like each draft. Like it's a whole different story. So the whole entire thing revolving around being at the party is because the movie was written as the party as its central character with all these background characters like Jason Siegel, Melissa Joan Hart, um, Donald, Donald Faison, Faison. I think it's we'll, never it's, uh, we, we'll never know. We will never know with these Faison, with yeah. these characters Faison in the background that create an entity that makes sense, that feels mm-hmm. that has like a you know that there's uh, something familiar there, cohesive. I think uh, hard disagree on that one because mm. I think a if the party was the main character that would have been a way more interesting movie than this one is, but also like what you call archetypes, I call stereotypes. I I don't really identify with any of the side characters of this movie. Like I 
in, you know, my senior year of high school would have gone to parties and would have interacted with a bunch of these different people. And at no time would I have been like, that's the weird girl who calls everyone sheep. And that's the stoner chick. And that's the like <laughs> chick that was in my class. But I have to take a bet that she was actually in my class because nobody remembers her. And then there's the jock. Like we all just kind of knew each other and there wasn't nobody had one identity yeah, this this movie is somewhat of a fantasy because there is no way at any high school at any time that all those people would be at the same party. Yes, <laughs> yeah. uh, but but of course because it's a teen movie. Of course, and I'm yeah. actually That's the point. yeah, and see, I, and I'm I, fine I, with it. I yeah. gotta agree with Ben that like the idea of having tropes in a movie like this or having like uh like two like one to three people per click like all interacting in 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 one space yeah um works but and that's all fine and dandy like i'm okay with that you know in terms of teen movies and stuff like mm-hmm. that what i don't think works is that like teen movies that i enjoy rom-coms that i enjoy have kind of this endearing sentimentality to them um that prevails uh, like 10 things i hate about you would be mm-hmm. a good example that this movie doesn't have i don't think 10 like, things i hate about you has a great scene when he's like getting the tour of the school for the first time and he points out all the various cliques and even mean girls has a scene like that too in the lunchroom right and i think that's a much more effective way of being yeah. like these people all exist in our high school but we don't hang out with them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those movies and have have a something have a quality to them that I click with that I don't have with this movie. Yes. And it's kind of hard to put your finger on what exactly that is, but I think it comes down to, um, like like I said, um, like endearing. Do you think it's like a character arc type thing? Because, I mean... You know, or just having relatable yeah. characters like 10 things I hate about you is a good example where like I definitely thought I was Kat Straffer when I was in high school and like <laughs> yeah. I was this badass feminist and nobody understood me and in this one I identify most maybe with the girl who's trying to keep her house clean before her parents <laughs> yeah. get home yeah, like. yeah we want to see uh, like we want to see what we want to be not necessarily like a reflection of ourselves but like what we want to be like, or like in, the, in these characters the audience proxy, right? There's, yeah. there's not really a proxy in this That's movie. True. Yeah. It's funny. You, you asked why like Preston is the main, you know, why he's, the why he's guy. the main yeah. through line of this whole film. And it's because films are written by white men who were rejected in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I went to film school and I can't agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, one thing about this is that, because I, I, I understand that, uh, well, I, un- I understand, like, the points, for sure, that you guys are making. I think one thing for me is that, like, myself, when I was in high school, um, I, from freshman year to senior year, I, like, dipped in and out of a lot of different social groups, um, just because of, like, my, ex- you know, extremely like bipolar personality completely changing every, you know, mm-hmm. three months or sure. whatever. And, or the fact that like, once you start selling weed, everybody loves you like kind of deal. <laughs> like I, you, happen. like that, I, that's how I got through different social groups, honestly. And so watching this, I, I kind of watch it and I'm just like, I do know who that person was. I sure. do know who that person, like, I do know who the jock was. I do know who the person was that trying to get all the yearbooks signed. I do like, I can name people in my high school. Yeah. That are them. And and I don't think this film is made for high schoolers. I think it's made for no. people who are in college yeah. remembering high school. Sure. Or think, even yeah. like in their late 20s. And I think that's what's really funny about it, too, is that there's the scene where um, Trip 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 McNeil. Trip McNeely. Yeah. Trip McNeely. Sorry, Trip yeah, McNeely. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like frat bro generator on Facebook. Yeah, so totally. That name. That's so good, though. <laughs> but his, sure. his character is amazing, though, because it's like... His character is amazing because he is like this antithesis of what the movie in itself is like supposed to be about. Like, like he's woken yeah. up. From the yeah. Like he's just like, yep. Well, you know, in college, people like you are a dime a dozen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like and I just I just love how his character and how like the few lines that he has is just like the realest part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think watching it like as a college student when I, you know, like when I was in college and I would watch it, um, especially like out of high school. So when I first watched this movie, I was like in junior high. Um, and then I watched it in high school a lot and then I watched it in college. And in college, I like looked back on it and I was like, like this all makes sense to me because I knew everybody. Like right, I knew, sure. I knew the people who thought that they could break up with their girlfriends 
and go to college and like get laid all the time. Yeah. And like, and I know that they're still living in Michigan and like, and <laughs> are, like, they, are they 40 pounds overweight working at a car wash? Uh, I know two of them are working There's at a, a really rundown bar. In Michigan. <laughs> There's a lot of car washes in Michigan. <laughs> but I think one big thing that I, I have here was that, um, the, the ending of this movie, so one of you guys made a point really earlier that I was going to go off of, but I think it was you, Rob, um, about how like, I was going to say like the, the end of this movie gives me like, and I don't want to throw this word out because it's like a big word, but like, it's like an existential movie mm-hmm. because like nothing. Yeah, I know. Where are you going because, with this? But. Because, well, because <laughs> at the end of the movie, nothing changes. Like right. in, in reality That's of their characters, true. nothing changes. They're con- they don't have any consequences yep. mm-hmm. and like they're they're Yeah, they fall back into the same behavior despite numerous warning signs. Yeah, which is why I like this movie more than other 90s movies because 90s movies. It's like there's the change and there's like this is the arc and it's very save the cat. Yeah. And in this okay. movie, it takes all of that and then, then it just like. It just kind of like rolls it up and throws it away, what and then brings in like a fake yeah, no. <laughs> Like that's not true at all. Well, like <laughs> earlier, earlier I, when I was saying like you or you were saying that you were missing some um, sentimentality, and I was saying is it because of a lack of character arc? That's kind of what I meant. Preston doesn't change. That's right? not, dude. Everybody gets punished or rewarded at the end of this movie. Like that's literally what the title cards are about. That I hate. Yeah. Like the title cards <laughs> I think that the awful. thing though is that. The fact that the the party being the movie, and when the party ends, nothing happens. When the party ends, no. like, well, in the sense of like things have happened, and like the people are, you know, there's a there's there, a future, and everybody takes something away from the party. But like, in the sense of like how things like wrap up at the end, like no one has learned their lesson, right? And mm-hmm. no one has like proven anything, and it goes against okay. like a lot of what typical storylines would have. That's yeah, no one really makes a decision that. that they wouldn't have at the beginning of the film, except for maybe um, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Kenny, for Kenny one. and yeah, uh, everybody. Denise except and Kenny for everybody, both. Well, Kenny, <laughs> literally everyone. Kenny basically completely drops his homeboy act, like towards the end when he's sitting in the booth with Denise who has completely changed her tune on him and then Amanda like finds out it's Preston and goes and chases him down at the train station and no I disagree yeah so everybody except Preston changes or goes through some sort of metamorphosis and then Mike what's his name gets punished for being a dick in high school he gets this shit life that he probably you know I mean basically the the recurring theme in this movie is the idea of like fate and how different people view fate and the Uh only person who gave any kind of compelling argument was the jenna elfman stripper angel character which i think is probably the strongest scene in it's this movie. definitely it's the only the strongest scene, like. scene in this it movie is definitely the only scene i like scene. Ethan when she says I think, that, I think that the that her character is is amazing and i think that her interaction with with ethan embry and i i don't know that that scene is amazing and actually watching this a couple uh, maybe a couple days ago now that i i watched this um mm-hmm. again uh i was actually like really wishing there was more of that scene mm-hmm. it was it, it was fine it was the perfect length and everything but like it was the it was only scene the where i thought like ethan Embry's acting was really strong and yeah. like his interaction with another character was meaningful whereas i don't think it was pretty much for the rest of the movie i mean you were saying like and i think that like lends it so i don't know maybe the reason his eyes are so watery was that point you were saying about him being stoned. Oh yeah. So the actor <laughs> admitted <laughs> Ethan this. Embry admitted that he was super stoned through the entire filming of this movie Oy. and um, never read the full script, only his scenes, and has never seen the full movie. <laughs> and does not remember any. Yeah, and which which when I which when you said that on the thread, I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, yeah, yeah. that's about right. Like, and it's like, yeah, I mean, I kind of wish I was super stoned watching this movie because it's just like that must be the only way anybody can enjoy it. And for him, I guess that worked out, but <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's just so. So bringing bad. it back to like the whole ensemble thing, um, I guess that we've we've talked about this before on the show. But like, do you guys enjoy the uh, sort of not not necessarily vignette, but kind of like um, multiple storylines? Do you think the movie used it effectively as a as yeah. a um, tool? So I I like. That whole thing, um, I think that is 
like the potential for success that this movie has okay. that it doesn't deliver. Um, in fact, that's probably a strong thing about this movie is, is the like first act is, is the slices mm-hmm. of life that we sure. see and all, all the, like the bits and like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? All yeah, the, I would, I would agree. First act is really good. good. Even, even the scene at the graduation where you only hear voices and you don't know who they're attached to yeah. and they're just talking about the party and, you know, one guy's naked under his gown and all that part was good <laughs> leading up to the party was good. And it's just like, as soon as you get to the crux of it, that it loses it. And I think I, I tend to like this kind of ensemble style and interconnecting storylines. And I think there are really effective ways to do it like dazed and confused, which sure. is a, a, you know, excellent film and a classic. Yeah. Which and, I think kind of this movie was maybe trying, trying to, to emulate. A, yeah. Out of that and book. what year did that come out? I'm just curious. I think like 91. But I think the the problem is, A, this movie takes place in the year it was made, so they don't know what nostalgia matters yet. Like, you get a couple X-Files references, but that's about it. But somehow they fucking nailed it. Like, they crushed (laughs) the nostalgia of 1998. That's the thing, though. I don't know if I agree. And then... It's so temporal and not temporal enough at the same time. Sure. Like, it's so... It's so in its moment that like it doesn't really like have a lot of this like nostalgia that we kind of think of but like every moment that we look back at it at least myself look back at it like i just can connect so many things to each character and each reference and everything but in the moment of the movie just as the movie is supposed to be played out these things like they they don't have much uh matter to them the same way that once you leave high school those things don't have much matter to them anymore yeah mm-hmm. um i'm sorry i interrupted no it's fine i just i think the other main point is that dazed and confused follows the right characters and gives you time totally with the correct characters that you care about that have names and like their own lives so uh we did ensemble stuff we're kind of talking about 90s nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like we're about at a time where we would need to mask off. Oh, um, I was going to say, but, what do you guys... Before, maybe right before we okay. do, how do you feel this stands as a 90s film, as sure. a high school movie um, in the genre? Um, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, not to beat a dead horse, but I think like as a teen movie, this was almost a success. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, missed the, it, it was almost there. It had all the right ingredients... But it's no dazed and confused. It's no, mm-hmm. um, you know, like <laughs> other like teen movies that I like or, you know, or rom coms I like. It's no, you know, say anything. I think there. Yeah, there was a, all very different kinds. Of even movies, in that like late 90s era, there was a golden era with mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like Never Been Kissed mm-hmm. and uh, 10 Things I Hate About You, which I am obsessed with. That's like one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all time. So um, and like she's all that to a certain degree. I mean, basically anything that not another teen movie references. Right. Sure, right. That yeah. was yeah. the golden yeah. era to me. And which this one. They reference this movie. A ton. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> this is. The teen movie. Yeah. I mean, this this should have just leaned into it and been not another teen movie, and then it probably would have been more successful Which I think to Ben me. was trying to argue no, that it, it is. But it's not. And I don't think it's self-aware in that it's way. It's not. I think it, like, it misses, <laughs> if it was trying to be that, then it didn't quite make it. Yeah. yeah. But I think, like, as a 90s movie, the only thing that it, it really gave me was the soundtrack. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. And to that, and I know, I know Ben wants to talk about the soundtrack, but I will make one comment. There are two Smash Mouth songs. <laughs> and what is wrong? Yeah. And with one of yeah, them baby. plays Nothing. twice. What's wrong with that is that the only movie that is allowed to have Smash Mouth in the soundtrack is it's Shrek. I love that you all finished untrue. my sentence for me, <laughs> actually, by the way. On the, on the official soundtrack, I'm only seeing Can't Get Enough of You, Baby. I'm Walking on the second. sun. It's in the movie, but it's not on the soundtrack. Uh, actually, I think if I can recognize Damn, it, at it while watching the movie, <laughs> gonna, no, it's I, in the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I thought, the I thought there released. was only Can't Get Enough, the I one guess. with like no. the organ in the beginning, the Ride Sally Ride style nah. organ or whatever. Yeah, that's that's a that's like a remixed version of the song, I think. Yeah. But walking in walking on the sun is definitely when he sees the Pop Tart and yeah. There's also Third Eye Blind, Buster Run, Yeah, I Graduate is like one of one of Will's favorite songs. So. Six Underground is one of my favorite yeah. 
This, I think the soundtrack is amazing. No, the soundtrack. I'm not denying the soundtrack's yeah, awesome. No, the soundtrack I would just awesome. eliminate yeah. Smash Mouth and be See, a lot happier yeah, on the right. on the VHS <laughs> copy of this movie. Uh, there is at the very end. There is a special <laughs> Smash Mouth music video. Wow. Oh god. And it is. Uh, you have to go to Goodwill and buy the VHS tape. Is it not <laughs> on YouTube? I can't. Don't. I can't. Just don't. You need to experience <laughs> the entire experience movie. I can't. Twenty with the credits. I am before. never going to watch this movie again. <laughs> well, why don't we unmask with that? <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Rob, um, eh, yeah. how do you really feel? Eh, like it's. I mean, I don't hate it as much. I guess as. Okay, I've seen this movie what maybe four, maybe five times. Yeah, and I've hated it. A little less each time, <laughs> um, oh, God. but that's all I want. That's about where I stand. I think this movie has um, strengths, and the wardrobe is really good in this movie. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. What's really funny about that is that. Uh, the people that hated this movie the most were the people who worked in costuming because they only needed to have one costume. Oh yeah, it's just oh, one, one day. It's yeah. just one day. So they were really upset because there was basically the costume they were wearing, and then there was the alternate, and that was the costume. And like the graduation uh, also like gown, like a flashback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so it was really funny that that was like the least amount of production was, was on funny. the wardrobe. I th- <laughs> I think the uh, the William Lichter. Um, arc is really good. Right. I think that's probably the best part about the movie for mm-hmm. me. Um, yeah, what did I say? Uh, oh, yeah. I, said, I think I wrote down like the soundtrack minus the fact that this movie doesn't live up to the replacement song. Um, yeah, the cameos, I guess, are really important in yeah. this movie. Even though they're... they're hard, they you weren't not, you cameos. Can't, yeah, they weren't cameos. The they weren't so, cameos. So that's cool. Um, yeah, this even, was a career star. I don't know if you noticed, Will, you didn't watch it this week, but you've seen it before. Like, yeah. uh, I... I even noticed that the guy that plays um, Teresa in the OC, the guy that plays Teresa's boyfriend, Eddie, is in it for like, oh. like just a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, Melissa How Joan. How about it? Melissa Joan Hart's in it for a minute. Um, mm-hmm. Donald Faison, um, Jamie Presley, the guy. Yeah. yeah Jason so. Selma Blair for yeah. a second. Yeah, Selma Blair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So those are all cool things. I mean, besides that, though, uh, this was probably the last time I'll ever watch this movie because, I mean, <laughs> four is plenty. Like, unless yeah. unless Ben has it over, like, has it on at his house, like, one of these times that I come over or something, like, probably not. But so now we had a every fun time, time we, we did have a fun time watching over. it together. Yeah, for sure. no, like, we re- I really yeah. enjoyed that. It's but, actually yeah. really interesting to me that you say that it grew on you every time because I kind of have the opposite. <laughs> where <laughs> when I was younger, I really liked this movie like a lot, and if it was on TBS or whatever, I'd be like, "Oh shit, can't hardly wait! I'm gonna watch that right now." And I was really excited <laughs> about it. And then, like, I think I rewatched it a couple years ago with one of my friends who had never seen it, and I was like, "Oh my god, you've never seen this movie? It's so great!" And right. then the whole time I was like. Oh, Oh, okay. This movie's not so great. For the record, I did not say that it grew on me. It wore me down. Wore I don't down. hate it as much. But then this time, like, like, and to be fair, I was watching it with a critical eye, knowing that I was going to be roasting it. But this time, I was like, oh god, it's so bad, and I just don't think I'll ever, ever revisit it. Mm, yeah. I think I didn't. I, I I was okay watching it because I knew what to expect at every turn. Because yeah. this was like right. the manyth time I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, you love the movie. Yeah, I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, this. I mean, uh, again, there's there's parts of this movie that uh, as I've gotten older and as I've continued to watch this movie, um, things about this movie aren't okay. And right. I, and and I can't and I can't sit here and defend uh, things about this movie. Um, and and there are a lot of parts of this movie that have actually like as I've continued to watch it have started to like not impress me oh, anymore. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, like I I think that this movie is a little more self aware than than people give it credit to. Mm-hmm. Um, that the directors of this movie hadn't really made much um, before this, and um, their whole entire idea was how do we show how do we show a party. And that mm-hmm. was the basis of the movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. and, and I think that the, they did a really interesting and really intricate job of doing so. Um, a lot more than like what you would think of as a party scene 
in any other 90s teen movie. Sure. Right. Uh, There's it, also parts of this movie, like Tripp's character, that really gets to me. And uh, and then also, like, the band, like, the, the, the how the band breaks up and gets back together again. for has a reunion, reunion show yeah. the same yeah. night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Love Burger? Was that yeah, the Love Burger? Yeah. Yeah. It's Which just I would rock that things. t-shirt, to be fair. But. <laughs> Which, okay, so maybe my biggest problem with this movie is the notion that there would be a live band at a party and, like, those two things could happen at That's the same time. That's one of the time. most realistic things, <laughs> though, is what, when they start like getting ready to play, everyone's like, put the music back on. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, that was that's... one of the jokes is that, so when they started to film this, they were like, they were like, how do we film? Do we just go to like and film like an actual party or do we like set up a, a set? That would yeah. have been a and, <laughs> and so they thought it was funny because they, they went out and they tried to do like an actual party, like a test shot of like a real party. Oh, yeah. And they said that what didn't work was the music in the background, that they needed yeah. to have like a diegetic music source. Oh, well, so that's they brought why it in works. like this. Yeah. And they brought yeah. in this like funny trope of a, of a high school band. <laughs> yeah. But right. then they never actually play because that would mess with the continuity of the movie if there's actually a band playing because what right. if the scene's not yeah. timed yeah, right. it right? Exactly. Yeah. Of course. But I, I just think that's, I mean, also like there's a lot of other 90s movies that have bands playing. And yeah. No, I think <laughs> that's a I common think 90s trope. As, as a human, my brother can you know relate to this who plays music in houses sometimes like that's never happened you're either at a house show or you're at a house party there yeah. are, the two things don't they happen don't at the same inside. time sometimes a house show turns into a house party but a house party never turns into a house show <laughs> agreed, um, agreed. i like this movie maybe fine. a jam session yeah. <laughs> gross um <laughs> i yeah i like this movie in fact i'm kind of jones to watch it now after talking about it uh, i do think like it I nails you can't hardly wait yeah i can and i can't hardly wait uh, I mean, it, it, it nails some. <laughs> some uh, every, when you do that, I can't put in the sound effect. You shouldn't have. Because um, <laughs> Does, it's not, that didn't warrant a, an actual thing. It warranted me saying <laughs> Um Yeah, I think it, I think it, there's something about it. I think it probably is maybe like the wardrobe, like, like Rob was saying, but it just kind of like tickles that. It scratches that itch. It tickles the gross. Super gross. Preston Myers over right. here. <laughs> what do you think, Robert? Um, hey, this is the first time I ever saw it. I was oh, watching yeah? it to get ready for this. And uh, I, uh, I, I didn't <laughs> like it. Um, I just like couldn't. It just like all the. It, uh, how did I just. I made up an expression when I was trying to describe Bowl full this. of chopsticks, it's I believe, is what you said. Of, yeah, bowl full of chopsticks. But there's, there's no food. Yeah, there's no food in it. It's just a bunch of. It's a mess waiting to happen. You're, wait, you're waiting to spill it. Got a weird. Go everywhere. Concept it's, I made it up off the top of my head and I stand by that. All right, we'll put an analogy. Shirt. Uh, there's a bowl full of chopsticks. Um, know, I'll, I'll just say this. Uh, I like a lot of uh, different movies. And uh, I, I've been on the show before where yeah, I've yeah, uh, yeah. defended Spy Kids 2, another one of my this top is five. True. Yes. And um, being a film school dropout uh, mm -hmm. and uh, being somebody who has like had to deal with so many people just telling me like their list of their top five favorite movies. And it's <laughs> always just the same thing fucking movies sure. yeah or it's movies that like are supposed to be on your top five right so it's movies yeah. like this and it's movies like spy kids and it's like movies like babe that like uh -huh. i will just i will defend yeah because yeah. because these are movies that like i genuinely like and like it's not just like oh yeah like i love citizen kane and fanny and alexander and pulp right. fiction right. but that gets oh, out of the heart of the argument of like what are your favorite movies and what are like yeah, critically yeah. and objectively well, but that's the thing movies. though is that like everybody's favorite movies were like coming from this film school were oh, like God. these that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. So, i don't, like, don't want to be a part of that no world. no no so like <laughs> I, that's why like i stick to these movies as some of my favorite mm -hmm. movies yeah. because oh, like yeah, i yeah. will defend this kind of stuff and you did. Because, yeah. And, you and to be did. fair, <laughs> I mentioned Can't Hardly Wait. I don't remember which episode I was yeah, in, yeah. but I mentioned Can't Hardly Wait on another podcast, and so did you. And I think that's why you guys decided to do this movie. Is we, who knows if it had up, for, <laughs> something well, I had never heard of. It came up twice. A big uptick in interest. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I think, you know, for, for what it's worth, the movie had some impact on me that it like sure. it stuck with me it's just yeah as i got older it, it lost its luster Sheen. a little yeah. bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll happen 
You know? Yes. Problematic phase. You live and you learn. Problematic phase. Problematic yeah. Phase. Yeah. Whatever works for you. Super um, problematic. So yeah, I think uh, we've reached about the time to wrap it up. Um, wrap it up. Yeah, the party. The party's over. Um, what did we, what's came. our title yeah. card? Yeah. <laughs> the cops came, and the, yes. the twenty-four <laughs> flames per second went on to be forty pounds overweight. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so thank you all for being here and talking about Can't Hardly Wait and celebrating Valentine's Day with us here at the show. Um, if, you, if you've got thoughts about Can't Hardly Wait, want to tell us your bad date stories, you can email us at 24flamespod 24 at gmail.com. .bandcamp.com. <laughs> yes. Don't, you, you'll, that don't, email will not make it to us. Don't put do that, that in there, please. Um, uh, you can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at 24FlamesPod. And uh, wherever you listen to this, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or some other podcatcher, if you can, please go and give us a rating, give us a review, uh, because that and subscribe, because it helps more people find the show. And um, if you're in Seattle and don't have any plans tonight, go down to, you said the High Line? Um, yes. On Cap Hill? Cap Hill, uh, 7 o'clock in, for bad date storytelling. Yeah, here in Seattle. Um and if it's the next day, you missed it. <laughs> uh, so, everybody, um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this episode right up like a box of Valentine's Day candies. Oh, nice! Aww. And um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and thank you all for being here. And uh, we'll catch you all next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Be my Valentine. <laughs>